Freedom Podcast. My name is Kenya Alou. I'm a mother, wife, and freedom-loving American. If you believe America is worth fighting for, you've arrived at the right place. I believe America's best years are ahead of us, and that's why this podcast was built for you. Hey guys, it's Kenya. Today we're going to talk about the hearing that took place on December 1st on the Mississippi abortion case. For those who've not been following it, the background is that Mississippi, back in 2018, passed an abortion law banning abortion after 15 weeks. Many other states, including Texas, have also passed heartbeat bills or similar legislation, and there are lawsuits underway with those as well. For now, we're talking about Mississippi because it finally made its way to the Supreme Court, and what is decided there could have a massive impact on life and our nation. What's interesting is that the federal government does not usually get involved in cases between two parties, and in this case, those two parties are the state of Mississippi represented by Solicitor General Scott Stewart and the Center for Reproductive Rights represented by Julie Rickleman. And under the Biden administration, the federal government decided to jump in as well, and they sent their own representative, the U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Preliger. It was interesting listening to the different parties argue and the questions posed by the Supreme Court justices. Solicitor General Scott Stewart made an excellent point when he stated that nowhere else does the court recognize a right to end a life. Because it is a life, right? We know that. He also said there's no basis for Roe versus Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey in the Constitution. Since the Supreme Court is supposed to measure everything up to the Constitution, he argued that this was not a federal issue and needed to go back to the states. Justice Sotomayor made the usual liberal talking points of, it's the right of a woman to control her own body. I wonder if she feels that same way about vaccines. That said, I also think it's every human's right to control their own bodies. A woman having an abortion affects more than just her body. There's another human involved. Sotomayor also kept saying something to the effect of, if the court upholds the Mississippi law, then how could their institution survive the stench, this is a quote, the stench of changing its mind because of the composition of the court, meaning the ratio of liberals and conservatives, and, you know, that changes over time. Her point is, whoever put in the most justices and has power, you know, conservative over liberal or whatever, that we could just change all these laws throughout history. But the problem with that argument really is that if the Constitution speaks on something, then the answer is the answer. And that's how it should be. The Constitution does not speak on this, although I would argue that it does, because I believe that the Constitution gives us the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Why does that unborn baby not have that right also to life? So, but I digress. Sotomayor also argued that those who believe in fetal pain before 24 to 25 weeks is in a minority. And she basically was saying that the medical advances we have on the topic don't contribute to the conversation because only a minority of doctors believe that there is pain. But Scott Stewart came back and said, discussed with her how on ultrasound, we see the fetus recoil when they're poked and prodded. And um, we know that they feel pain. You have to understand that Sotomayor and the other liberals are arguing for the termination of a pregnancy because it's inconvenient at 24 weeks. Do you know that that is six months? Six months. And and they don't really believe that viability matters at all. They think that 
if it's inconvenient for a woman, then they should be able to terminate the pregnancy. They kept talking about stare decisis, which is basically precedent, and that the precedent set by Roe and Casey, um, they were trying to say that that it's already been determined and we can't reverse that. They also tried to push a fear that if Roe and Casey were overturned, then same-sex marriage could be overturned. Same-sex marriage is a decision by people that they make for themselves, and they're not ending someone else's life over it. It's a completely unrelated, and, and it's not applicable. At one point, Sotomayor was also arguing that forcing poor women to complete a pregnancy was not taking women's interests into account. Justice Roberts asked a great question. He said, why is 15 weeks not enough time to make a decision on a pregnancy? He said that our standard of viability is shared with China and North Korea. How disgusting is that? Think about that. China and North Korea. That's who we share our abortion standards with? Then Julie Rickleman started talking about how upholding the Mississippi law will prepare women backwards as one in four women seek abortions. She argued for abortions after 15 weeks because she said that it's at that point that women are in more challenging situations after 15 weeks. And one of the examples of that, which she used, was a relationship breaking apart. So a child has to die because a man and a woman decide not to be together anymore. That's what she's saying. I mean, that can happen at 38 weeks, 39 weeks. What a horrible excuse for an argument for an abortion. Life circumstances can change after you have a child. Can we just get rid of the child at that point? I mean, is that what she's saying? Then she started talking about how abortion over the last 50 years has been necessary for women's equal participation in society and critical for their ability to pursue a career. She literally said that with Amy Comey Barrett in the room. This is a 50-year-old woman with seven children. Two of them are adopted and one of them has Down syndrome. Come on. How embarrassing for Rickleman and then to be addressed by Justice Barrett after that, to which Barrett brings up the option of adoption. Mic drop from the woman who kept her five kids, adopted two more, and became a Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America. She said pregnancy and parenthood are not the same burden. Then Justice Alito begins discussing how the viability line doesn't really matter to a pro-choice excuse me, to a pro-choice movement if it's really about a woman's choice and that many would still want to choose abortion even after the viability line is crossed. Their defining viability line is when the baby can live outside the mom's womb. And she basically agreed with that, that women would still want to after the point of viability. Uh, But she kept pounding the viability line even though they really don't believe there should be a line when it comes to a woman's right to choose to abort a baby. Then Kavanaugh brings in the big guns, where he says, if this is meant to be an apolitical decision, because the Supreme Court's not supposed to be political, right? So if it's meant to be an apolitical decision, and it's not mentioned in the Constitution, then a position of neutrality on the issue would mean giving it back to the states, which is what they don't want, because many, many states would put early deadlines or total bans on abortion. Elizabeth Prologer also comes in and says... Abortion is fundamental to participate equally in society, which is insane because, I mean, there's lots of professional women, lots of moms out there kicking butt in corporate America and in their businesses. So anyway, uh, Sotomayor also made the statement that not everybody can afford contraceptives. And Scott Stewart comes back and says, you know, abortions cost 600 bucks. 
plus days off work and you know whatever else so contraceptives are much less expensive than abortions it was just such an interesting two hours and we should hear sometime in July the results and how the justices will vote on this issue this could be a huge win for the life movement so let's pray and continue to fight but it just blew my mind and broke my heart to hear how passionately they were fighting for the right to terminate the life of a baby. Just wanted to share the summary with you guys. I hope that this was informative. I literally took notes the whole two hours that I was listening so that I could convey what was said and some of the questions. And I can't wait to hear what they come up with in July. And I will definitely be doing a follow-up on that at that time. Thank you for joining me and be on the lookout for our new Freedom Defenders Facebook group. Thanks for listening. Please leave a rating wherever you download podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode of the Defending Freedom podcast.